How many of you would say you are more stressed or less stressed, let's say pre-pandemic? So we're looking like two years ago, roughly, all right? How many of you would say, I am less stressed than two years ago? You can put it in the chat, or you can just raise your hand if you're in the room. Less stressed than two years ago, okay? Okay? How about more stressed? More stressed, okay? All right? It's, a li- it's like 70, 30, 60, 40 in, in the room. Um, some of you might be like, kind of depends on the area, Mike. Like, what area are we talking about? Are we talking about in-laws here? Or, or like, you know, more stressed or, or, or less stressed? Are you talking about my, my kids um, or my, my teenagers? Teenagers are like, you talking about my parents? Because, you know, the expectations that they're putting on me. I mean, for me, I'm like, are you talking about like getting ready for school? Like, are you talking about that little time frame at about eight o'clock in the morning where I'm trying to get socks and shoes on my kid, my five-year-old, my six-year-old, to get into the car, only to have them take them off in the car whenever we get in there? Come on, somebody. Vacation. How about, are we talking about vacation? You're like, oh, vacation's supposed to be relaxing. Have you ever been on a stressful vacation? Like, trying to navigate and do different things. My perfectionist in the room. Marita and I, when we were first married, we went on some vacations. We got done with a seven-day trip in, in Florida. We're getting at the airport in Fort Lauderdale to fly back home. I'm kind of thinking things were okay. It wasn't like the, it was a good vacation. We're on the beach. I mean, what more do you want? She hands me a book called Who Moved the Cheese? Who Moved My Cheese? If you've read that book, you know it's about how to deal with change. She said, you're going to read this book and you're going to work on this or I'm never going on a vacation with you again. And I'm going to be going on a lot of vacations and I want you to go with me, but not if it was like this. I don't handle change very well. All right, and I want to go on vacations, and I want to go on vacations with my wife. So I read that book in the airport, and I started working on how to deal with change, transition. What's stressing me out can be an infinite amount of things. What's your biggest stressor today? What did you come in with today? Don't point, please. Do not point. That's rude. But for a lot of us, we have something that we could point to. Our health, different things. You know what I'm not stressing about right now? If if I were like, hey, what's your biggest stressor? And you probably have an idea of what that could be right now for today. You know what is not my biggest stressor? Whatever came into your mind. I'm not trying to be crass or are careless, but I didn't lose any sleep this week over your health. I didn't lose any sleep this week over your job or your marriage or your kids. I have my own stress, things that I lost sleep over, things that I worried about, things that I'm dealing with, but I didn't stress about your retirement. I'm not saying any of that's not legit, but when we come to what are we dealing with? I've got a, I got a puzzle that I'm trying to find the piece to this puzzle, and I don't know where it's at. We all got our own puzzle that we're trying to figure out. Who are my puzzle people? If you're online, you can say, I do puzzles. 
Here in the room, are you a puzzle person where you had raise them again, raise them again, raise them again? Okay, okay, okay. Who's not? Who's not the puzzle people? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I was so bored last year during COVID, I, did, I got a puzzle. And I started doing it. And, and I, I did like three or four. Now, I actually like puzzles, but it had been a long time since I did puzzles. And COVID hit, I'm like, I think I'm going to do a puzzle. And it was fun. I liked it. Um, I already got my puzzle for Christmas. Found, this was a, a, a thrift store find and uh, 3,000 piece puzzle that I'm going to do over Christmas break. I, it might take me till next Christmas to, to get it done. But um, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I got my puzzle. I'm going to do a puzzle piece. And um, I feel like sometimes navigating stressful situations is like putting together a, a piece of a puzzle where it can be really, really, really stressful and really hard. Like, I don't, if some of us, we try, we don't do puzzles because we spent time looking for them and we can't find that piece. And eventually we're just like, I'm done. I don't do puzzles. I don't want my brain to work that hard. Others of us, like, we really enjoy that. Like, we're trying to hunt and, and figure things out. But sometimes life comes our way and it seems just as rambled as, uh, as, as random as this puzzle is right now. And here's what I know about you, whether you're a puzzle person or not. We like things to make order and make sense. So whatever it is that you're stressing about, you're stressing about it because you want it to make sense. You want it to have purpose. You want it to have meaning. You're trying to figure out how can I best navigate this because you want it to work out. But oftentimes we can look and all we're looking at is this one little piece with 3,000 other pieces like, I don't have a clue. And it doesn't seem to line up with this piece and it doesn't seem to line up with this piece. And it can lead us not only to question God, but just question others and our faith and just to be like, that's it. I don't know. Here we have Jesus. The Messiah. Saying, I don't want to do this. I think we can all agree he's stressed. Life is not about the absence of stress. But also there was something greater. It seemed like completely random, like Rome. And you got the Jewish leaders trying to, they're going to execute Jesus. He's going to get arrested. Just out of pure jealousy. Out of insecurity. Out of, a, out of greed and power, so random, so senseless. Like, if this is God, couldn't you just orchestrate this a little bit smoother? I mean, it just seems so weird. And what we know in our hope today, our hope for the stress, in the middle of one of the greatest tragedies of human history, when humankind, when mankind was at its worst, we know that God was at his best. God was in complete control of this situation and knew exactly what he was doing and ordering everything just as he had planned. Even though in the moment, Jesus is stressed. Even though in the moment, you and I are overwhelmed, we're worried and we're stressed and we're looking at this puzzle saying, I don't even know how. I don't know how. Enter God. Enter God. Now, what I love about this is... Jesus, there's so many scenes that go on in this final hours with Jesus, and I kind of want to jump into one. 
And it's when Jesus washes his disciples' feet. This happens on, on that night. They're going to have a, the last supper, the last meal. And then Jesus, after this meal, they go to the Garden of Gethsemane where he prays and says, I don't want to do this. But before that meal, Jesus washes his disciples' feet. And I want you to, I want you to see this because Jesus is stressed. And often we picture this scene with, with him washing the disciples' feet. And maybe he's calm and collective on the outside. I don't know. But you know that this is going on on the inside. This kind of gives us a, what I would call a box top view. When we're stressed, sometimes we only see this piece of the puzzle. And this is all I'm focused on, and this is all I see. And sometimes you get a, a, a box top view of how this thing called life is supposed to work. And so maybe I don't have the exact piece, but we get a view. This is what's on Jesus' brain. As he's stressed in these final moments, this is what's on Jesus' brain. And he's, he's thinking about his boys. It says in John 13, it says, It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew, this is important, this is the same thing. He knew that the hour had come for him. A good hour or a bad hour? Said it, it said in Mark that it was an awful hour. He knew his time was coming. The hour had arrived for him to leave this world, go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end, his boys. I'm, I'm thinking about in the middle of my stress, I still got my community, my family in mind. It was time for the supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, Simon of Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Let me just tell you, in, in the middle of you being overwhelmed, in the middle of your stress, the devil's right there. Oh, the devil is right there. Don't, don't, he's not some hiding character. He is right there in the room. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up. I love that. He didn't just stay sitting. He got up from the table. He got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured the water in the basin. And then he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel he had around them. It says when he had all authority over everything. Okay? I know this is going to be a very controversial topic. All right? If you had any sort of superhero powers, all right? Superhero powers, Batman or Superman, all right? And you had to make a choice, Batman or Superman. You had all power, all superhero powers in your authority. I know as, a, as a, a little elementary boy, I'm like, oh, man, I'm ready to answer this one. Some of you guys are looking at me like, oh, my gosh, is he the pastor? I'm like, yes, I am. Uh, <laughs> there's no one else coming out. All right. Batman, come on, people. Who's where? Batman or Superman? You got to vote. This is an all skate. Batman, come, you're like, eh, eh. All right, Superman. Superman, come on. Oh wow, Superman wins. All right, uh, Batman, totally. Come on, people. He has all the cool toys. I know he has all the power, but Batman is like so mysterious and like so way cooler. I, I always thought there were more Batman people. I know that's 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 controversial. He had all authority at this time, and he knew it. He knew his time was up. So what is about to happen means this is, this is going to be big. What he is about to say or do is going to be huge. Now, I'm thinking, all right, I'm leaving. I got all power and authority, superhero, whatever you want to think of or whatever. Okay, boys, huddle up, huddle up, huddle up. Remember this, Apple and Amazon. 
Apple and Amazon, you want to get in on that early. All right, you hear those words, get in on it early, because this one, that's going to be good, all right? Like, just take advantage. Apple, Amazon, like, remember that. Or I'd be like, hey, Super Bowl 2021, 2022, all right? We're getting ready for the season, boys. We, we all know it's all, we already know it's not the Cowboys, all right? So you can just kind of blank that one off, all right? But as much as I hate to see it, it's Tom Brady. As long as he's in the league, come on. He just, we can't do anything about this guy. Um, I think, to me, I would have been like, this is going to do this or predict this or know this and like really fill me in on some practical details of this puzzle so I could put it together. What's he do? He starts washing their feet. It's a little bit odd, a little bit mysterious. You have all power and authority, and he gets down and he starts washing their feet. Uh, not what I would expect the Messiah to do here. This is a little bit confusing for some of us because oh, we don't get this. We got paved roads. We don't wash each other's feet. Like if I went to your house, no one's going to wash my feet. All right? That's kind of weird and awkward. I've visited some of you. That would just be really strange and awkward. All right? But they would, this was actually the position of a slave that a, a person of a, of a low position, like a slave, would, would do this. And you're going to see that Peter thought, no way, this is too disgusting, you can't do this. But they didn't have paved streets, all right? So they're, they're walking around on, on dirt roads, and they have sandals, all right? And it's not like Los Alamos, where we, wear, we have sandals, but we also have black socks to go with our sandals too, all right? The, their feet are dirty, and they're walking around, and he's washing their feet. They got camel poo in between their toenails. Like, disgusting, right? Have I grossed you out enough? The black socks and sandals gross me out, all right? So. And Peter says, when, when Jesus came to Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, you're going to wash my feet? No. And Jesus says, you don't understand what I'm doing? Mystery, you don't understand what I'm doing. Someday you will. You don't have the piece of this puzzle right now, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you will never, ever wash my feet. You're the Messiah. There's no way you're going to take the position of a slave and wash my feet. And Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. A mystery. Doesn't make sense, Jesus, what you're doing. They don't know what the hour is. And he's washing their feet. Jesus, I don't, this is, no, don't, this, this is beneath you. This is below you. This is not what the Messiah, this is not what God would do. You can't do this, never, ever. And he says, unless I do this, what you don't understand, you don't belong to me. Do you trust me, Peter? Every, every story in the Bible comes down to this. When you read a story in the Bible, I don't care if you're talking about Noah. I don't care if you're talking about Peter. I don't care if you're talking about Judas. It all comes down to trust. Why were they in there? They're, do you trust God with this mystery? With the, you got this missing piece of the puzzle that you're trying to figure out? Do you trust God? Do you trust them? Do you trust me, Peter? 
Because he's saying, no, I don't, you can't do this. And he says, unless I wash your feet, you have no part of me. You go back to Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, all the way back to the garden. This goes back to, we, we kind of think that God's holding out on us. Hey, I gave you the rules. Here we are in the Garden of Eden. Don't eat of that tree of good and, and, and evil to know, have knowledge and good and evil. And Satan says, did God really say you're going to die if you eat that? He, you won't, surely you won't really die. And he starts twisting things, and they start to get into their mind, like, I must be missing out, like God is holding out on me. And so we do the same thing when we're stressed, we have a mystery piece, we don't know where it goes, and we'll try to solve things ourselves and fit in our own pieces and fit in our own things. I think it goes this way or this way or this way, only to get more frustrated that we weren't trusting God in the first place to help guide us along on where we needed to go and fit this thing in. Peter, fortunately for Peter in this scene, he says, okay, okay. When Jesus says, you don't have any part of me, he's like, okay, wash me from head to toe. I, I'm in. I trust you. I'm all in. Fast forward a couple hours later, Peter's life. Jesus gets arrested. They come to Peter and say, hey, weren't you with him? Weren't you his best friend? Stress levels go up. And he's like, ah, mystery puzzle piece. What do I say? I don't know him. Because to say I know him means my life's on the line. That's too much. I don't know that I trust you, God, in this moment. I'll just try to figure it out my own way. We all have these moments, this mystery piece that we're trying to figure out. Your mystery piece is an opportunity to trust. It is an opportunity to get your eyes on God and try to figure out what, where am I going? What's my next? I'll trust you with this rather than me trying to solve it, especially when God doesn't seem to have things under control. Oh, speaking of what are we stressed about? It's an opportunity to trust. It's also an opportunity to step into your calling. Like I think God sometimes will allow things in our lives to, to trust him more, to grow more, to know him deeper in his character, to dive into his word, to see what he says and wants us to speak about it, but also to propel us maybe into our calling. And I'm not necessarily talking about necessarily like moments of stress, like you're going to have a moment of stress, but there's also seasons of our life that you could just define as like, this is an overwhelming season or an overwhelming time of stress. And it's a chance maybe where God wants to call you deeper into your calling but for some of us, and I'll just point it right back at me, but I know you're there with me. The reason I'm so stressed, Jesus maybe wants to dig out some things that are in my life. I don't like change. I don't handle change very well. I don't handle transitions very well. Maybe if I get my eyes off of me and I get my eyes on God, God, what are you trying to do here? I trust you. He's trying to say, I got to work some some of this gunk out called change. You don't handle not being in control. When you are not in control, you got some gunk in there that needs to come out, and your family and everybody else just looks straight ahead, just like, amen, amen to that. You don't, 
you don't handle authority very well in your life. When someone tells you this is how you got to do something, oh, you got some gunk in there that you, you got to, this is an opportunity to trust him more. And maybe he wants to reveal something to help propel you to your calling, but because you're trying to get all the puzzle pieces, yourself, ah, it's out of control, it's uncertain, I got to fix it, I got to know all the answers, and I'm just trying to sit there and do this. I got this one piece of the puzzle, and I got 3,000 other pieces. Like, well, this one doesn't work, so I'll just try this one. This one doesn't work, I'll just try this one. This one, and I'm like going through, three, that's a terrible way to put together a piece of, 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 of a puzzle, is to go through all 3,000 to just try to find one. Sometimes God, I think, wants to take us a little bit deeper into our calling. He says, do you understand? When he gets done with it, he says, do you understand what I was doing? In my final moments, I'm stressed. I'm working with you boys. I'm giving you one of the most helpful pieces of information on how to do this thing called life, to put this puzzle together in your marriage, at work, in life, in the community. I did it through washing your feet. Do you understand what I was doing? Like, boys, if you don't get this, you don't get anything. He had his eyes on them. Part of what I wanted to come here to say is if you're stressed today, this almost seems too simplistic, but one of the most helpful things you can do is, is serve other people to get your eyes off of you. If you're in a season of stress right now, and all it seems like you can focus on is this one piece, and I'm like, how do I fit this piece? How do I fit this piece? Get your eyes off of it and go serve other people. You might be like, Mike, I don't have time. That's why I'm stressed. I don't have time to serve other people. Like, uh, Serving others is not something that you do. It is something that you do, but it is more a servant is who I am. That wherever I go, in my home, in my workplace, at church, or in the, in the, I'm a servant. That's just part of my identity. This is who Jesus was. Do you not understand what I was doing? My whole life, I've been serving people. He said he, he got up from the table. He knelt down. He stooped down. And he washed their feet. He cleaned the mess. This is, this is Jesus' whole mission. Humanity had created a huge mess. It, God himself, Jesus, gets up from heaven, stoops down, comes down to earth, and he cleans the mess. This is a whole picture of his life. He did not come to be served, but to serve others. It is who he was. So no matter where you go, no matter what, you're never more like Jesus than when you are serving other people. And that's wherever you go. You are the church. Wherever you go this week, you are the church. Church isn't just a building on a Sunday morning for a few hours. You go be the church. This is the story. And the church has always jumped into the mess. Jesus jumped into the mess. So, as your pastor, I want you to look for the mess. Because oftentimes, when you serve other people, he wants to help them fill in a piece of their puzzle through you. 
And God is often working in people's lives in the middle of their mess. But what do we do? I have my own mess. I'm trying to figure in my own pieces to this puzzle. And I've been working on it forever. And it doesn't seem like I'm ever going to get done with this thing. And God's saying, that piece that you're holding was actually supposed to help somebody with, with, the, with their puzzle. If you're online, you don't know what this is. Everyone in this room knows what this is. Not yet. We put together a puzzle, and we're missing one, one piece. My challenge to you today, so often, so often, we're looking for the piece. In our mission statement, we tell people, say, hey, we want you to take the, ne the next step in your relationship with Jesus together. I don't think that's bad. But so often we're looking for the step. I need the step, the piece. And in all the pieces of life that we're looking for, it's totally unclear. How about we just start with a step today? Rather than stressing about the step, let's just put a step together. Let's get in the Bible. That's a, a step. It may not be the step that you're looking for, but in this, this puzzle piece, let's just start today. You could do that today. I can put one piece together. I can do one step today. I can, I can go to the welcome party in a couple weeks that's on a Monday and try to find out more about freedom and get plugged in. I could do a step. I can pray today. That's a step. Here's what, I, here's what I know about taking a step and a step and a step. It may not lead to the step, but eventually the picture becomes more and more clearer to where when I just hold up a piece of the puzzle, you knew exactly where this was supposed to go. Ah, that was the missing piece. If all we're doing is so fixated on this one piece of the puzzle, we may miss out on what God is trying to do. I want to free you up a little bit today. Just put a piece together. You can do that. And then eventually it starts to become clearer where all these others fit in. Now, as we wrap this up, not everybody, not everybody was happy with what was taking place with Jesus here. Like, Peter, he says, hey, from head to toe, wash, Jesus, I'm good. Like, let's take a shower or a bath. Like, if that's what it takes, I'm with you, okay? And that's what we're like, okay, good, I trust you, that's great. But I don't think everybody was happy. It says Judas was in the room. Remember that detail? John knew who was in the room. Think about that. Jesus washed his feet even though he knew. Even though he knew. It goes to, it goes to the level of, Jesus coming to earth, he's willing to jump into the mess, which means your mess today, amen? Like, he's coming for that, but Judas was in the room. And we know a few hours later, he betrayed him. A few moments later, he betrayed him. What's going on in his mind? I don't think this was a snap decision. Judas was the treasurer. We know this said a week before this, Jesus was in Bethany. 
and he was at a meal, staying with some friends in community, in relationship, and Mary comes out, and she anoints him with this perfume, this fragrance. It says that that fragrance was worth about a year's salary. Think about that. In one moment, she pours out a year's salary on Jesus to worship him, to which the disciples knew what was going on. Mystery peace. They started getting on her and harping. Like, how could you do that? That doesn't make sense. That's such a waste. That could have gone and helped the poor. God, like, that doesn't fit the piece of the puzzle on who you should be. Tell her about it. And how often do we as Christians criticize other churches and other people on their worship styles and how they worship? And I don't like that. And that's not this. And this is not that. Be careful, Judas, on how you criticize somebody else's act of worship because Jesus looked right at Judas after Judas said this very churchy spiritual thing. Hey, that should have been sold and gone and given to the poor and helped the people. Like, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but Jesus knew her worship, and he said, leave her alone. Matthew writes down, from that time on, Judas began to look for an opportunity. There's that word, an opportunity to betray Jesus. You're not doing what I expect you to do. You're not filling in the piece, this missing piece of the puzzle like I think. You're supposed to be the Messiah. You're supposed to set the captives free, Jesus. You're supposed to like get rid of this Rome oppression that we're under and set Israel free, Jesus. You're, you're supposed to be this mighty, powerful, and I see you doing good things. I see you helping people. I, that's not bad at all, but... Now you're talking about dying. Now you're, you're, you're talking about going away. And now you're taking the position of a slave and washing feet. This doesn't fit my puzzle of who I think God is. Too much of a mystery, I'm out. And I better get something good while I'm going. And so he gets it for 30 silver pieces. I think some scholars said it's about $300 to $600. Many of us in our stress, we can, we can harp on Judas all we want, but we've walked away from God for far less. You don't fit my box. You don't fit who I think you should be, God. You didn't do this. You didn't do this. Too many missing puzzle pieces. I'm out. It's an opportunity to trust it's also an opportunity. He looked for an opportunity to betray and walk away. It's an opportunity to go deeper into your calling. Peter said, wash from my head to my toes, Jesus. And in Acts, as his life was on the line again and he started preaching sermons, it says they heal the man. They heal the man. Look at this. Peter got his eyes off himself. And it says in Acts 3.12, Peter saw his, say this word with me, opportunity and addressed the crowd. When you start putting a piece together and a piece and a piece and a piece, the piece starts to get put together and you start living out your calling. 
God will start using your gifts, your skills, your story to impact other people's stories. I've been hurt, I've been wounded, I've been stressed, overwhelmed. He'll take your hurt, hurt people. If they're healed people, we'll help people. Jesus, as he goes to pray in these final moments, let's stand and, and we'll close out. He prays, he prays, Abba, Father, he cries out, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Everything is possible. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Maybe this is where we're at tonight or today. Because he didn't stop there. He said, yet, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. I want your will to be done, not mine. There's a box top view that Jesus has here in this moment in stress. That there's a kingdom, a spiritual kingdom. He's not about earthly kingdoms. And in this moment, in his trying to piece things together, he's like, not my will. I know you got a bigger picture here. He, I think Jesus had you and I in mind. I really do. That he knew I'm dying on the cross so I can have a relationship with my creation you ever think about this? Jesus didn't need to. Like, he didn't have to. He didn't have to die on the cross. He could have just skipped this thing, and you and I would have just been stuck. And God would have still been just fine. He's God. He doesn't need humanity or creation, but he wants humanity and creation. He loves humanity and creation. And this is what needed to happen in order to make that happen. He wants you and I. He wants a relationship with you and I. And this is the link that he was willing to go through for you and I in this moment. Not what I want, but I want your will, Father. And that's a relationship with you and I. When you're stressed, when you're stressed and we're all stressed, it's an opportunity for me to trust. It's an opportunity for me to seek God and cry out to him. And it's an opportunity maybe to step forward into my calling. It's an opportunity to maybe be a light to the people around me. I want us to have that box top view the next time we have missing puzzle pieces in our lives. So Father, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the message today. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, leave a review or a comment or share this message. That really does spread the message further and faster when you do that. Secondly, if there's a next step that you need to take coming out of this, head on over to our website, click get involved and let us know exactly how you can take your next step. We would love to partner with you in that. And finally, if you have been impacted in a positive way through our ministries or your family has been impacted in a positive way through our ministries, go on over to our website and click give. And if you want to partner with us financially, that would be huge in getting the message of Jesus out through our ministries. Thank you again for stopping by the podcast. Have a wonderful week. God bless.